0: Keep up with all the
1: latest news and guests by following the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.
0: I'm not into podcasts. Everyone keeps trying to... You've got to list podcast. I'm not into podcasts. I like a bit of music.
1: That one friend that always tells you the truth, that never beats around the bush, never walks on eggshells, that hurts your feelings sometimes, he's not the asshole. All your other friends that sit idly by while you destroy yourself and tell you that you're just fine the way you are they're the assholes. The best friends you can have in the world are the ones that don't care what you want to hear. They only tell you what you need to hear and they'll keep it 100% real always. The friends that you hate the most in the short term are going to be the ones that you love the most in the long term because they have your best interest in mind. They want to see you fulfill your potential and be what they know you can be.
2: You are very welcome, um, Mark, to your own podcast. account, can
3: it's uh good to be here. Thank you for having me on. It's much appreciated.
2: Thanks. Um, so I guess I just want to throughout the podcast today I just want to take things a little bit deeper and for the the listeners to to get to know you. Um, you spend a lot of time kind of getting to know other people and I myself have been um, had the honor of being a guest on your show. and um, so as I said you take time to get to know everybody else. but I guess from my own perspective, I don't really know very much of, about you. So today is going to be all about you and all about the anniversary, obviously, of of your podcast. So I guess I just wanted to start I'm off. looking
3: forward to it. Just not to interrupt you. I'm looking forward to it. And just to say it to the viewers, I suppose, but just something like, I don't know. Like when I do a podcast, I don't write questions. And if I do, I don't tell the host. I have no idea what Yvonne is going to ask me. <laughs> I have no idea. What she's going to say, I don't know anything at all. But I do. Before we start, want to say thank you very much. Um, it's fantastic. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I will leave the link for Siobhan's podcast herself in the description of this podcast, and I will leave her website as well. So go and check her out. And very soon she's doing a TED talk as well. So, we're very impressive person we have here. She's a two time author as well. So um, maybe I'm a little nervous myself. Am I?
2: Well, I don't know about you know, Mark, but I, I'm quite nervous because it's it's my it's my first time actually ever ever interviewing anybody. So we'll we'll give it a go and it'll be a nice and relaxed environment and see how we get on.
3: <laughs> yeah, Siobhan, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Nobody listens to this anyways, you know.
2: <laughs> I very well doubt that now. But um I guess I want to start off and by asking you and first and foremost I say I suppose congratulating you on your, your three year anniversary. Thank you. For the podcast. It's a it's an absolute amazing achievement. So well done for that. But I guess just want to take pace for a second and ask you, how do you actually feel about your journey? And are you, are you proud of yourself?
3: Yes and no. Yes and no. It's, um. if I thought three years ago, I'd still be doing it today. I wouldn't have believed it. I would have said, there's no way I'm still doing it three years later. um, That's for sure. So I'm very proud of that. I could have given up loads of times as well. Um, There wasn't a whole lot of people listening at the start. You know, it was like seven people might listen. Two of them were family members. One of them was me that left four. And then I think, well, did I play it twice? You know, um, I'd always leave the email in at the start. Nobody was getting back. Very little followers on social media, although... That's not a indication of how successful anything is. But if nobody's following you, it means nobody's interested. Um, so I suppose three years is like, I mean, in one way, I'm very proud because I can't believe I'm still doing it three years later. And I can't believe how comfortable I've got doing it. That's the thing, I suppose. If, if I have to. I, I, I used to be nervous at the start, very nervous, even doing a solo one. I used to be nervous when a guest was coming on. I feel my heart pounding in my chest and no doubt probably how you felt at the start of this and perhaps even now I, okay. I don't know if that's okay to say that but um that
0: is very true
3: <laughs> but I, I'm I'm very relaxed doing it um if I thought three years ago that I'd be able to do it the way I'm doing it now with zero nerves or anticipation or zero just be completely confident in what I'm doing I would have been surprised so I'm very proud of myself that way the way I'm not is I think anybody can do it And that's not me being humble and for people to say, oh, well, he's saying that, but he's really good. And that's not true. Anybody could do it. Literally anybody. It's only get anchor on your phone and talk into your phone and you have a podcast and look at YouTube for 25 minutes. It'll show you how to put it up on Spotify. And it's as simple as that. So yes and no.
2: Okay. So so you mentioned there to, you said anyone can do it and in in the world of um, me being a complete novice it's it's interesting that you say that because it is it is hard but like you what's the magic potion kind of a thing I know what you've always said con- consistency is key but what else like I know you mentioned there that you just get anchor on your phone but what else do you think is part of the, the ingredients
3: Jesus um, good question you'll have my job now soon um, <laughs> I think look self-confidence is one thing that's very important you have to be confident that you'd be able to do it and you have to be comfortable enough in yourself that when not if when you make mistakes you're not going to be able to fix them all and you have to leave them up so now somebody who might be potentially a listener or maybe someone you might know mm-hmm. who doesn't want to see you doing well might hear you fucking up on a podcast mm-hmm. um so you need all that side of it but one of the main things um i'd say alongside them or maybe even slightly above is and i I say this on the podcast all the time and i don't think people believe me when i talk about this um and it's not a bad thing well i'll just say it first you need to not give a fuck about what anyone else thinks and that's your closest people to you as well what anybody thinks and if you want to have friends and have close relationships you can but i like to start with Like if 10 people close to me told me that it was shit and stopped doing it, but I was enjoying it and had something to say, I'd continue to do it. So self-confidence is a big one. Realize you're going to make mistakes and plenty of them. Mm -hmm. And the third one would be to not care when anyone else thinks. Because I think I mentioned this early on in the podcast. Maybe I mentioned over the last 100 episodes at some stage, but... Like when I started, particularly when I started putting videos up on YouTube, which is something that I I never wanted to do, um, I got loads of oh you like you fat fucker you fat this who listened to you um I don't know if I said this to you before Siobhan or whether people know it I know loads of people do but from the age of about five to about fifteen maybe twenty, mm-hmm. even after that, I had not often stutter altogether.
0: Yes, you're I could dead. barely even talk. Mm-hmm.
3: I was like a machine gun to, 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 for everything. I couldn't talk at all whatsoever. So the fact that I'm doing a podcast is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like really, when you think about it. So there, there's all of them types of things that kind of come along in doing a podcast. But the main one, again, I'll go back to is like people will be saying it shit. People will say that they don't like it. Then people won't be listening to it. So you, you, you will definitely start to believe all these things or you can choose not to. Just keep doing it. And it's the word that you said at the first start, by the way, which is consistency. If you have a podcast out every single Monday, and if people don't like it, they won't listen to it. But it takes people a while to, like, I'll give you an example. I'm of late listening to Bill Burr's podcast that comes out on a Monday morning. Now, he's funny. Excuse me. He's funny. Sometimes he talks about basketball, which I know nothing about. But then he has his own little insights of what's going on in the world. And I must have listened to maybe 20 of those. I maybe turned half of them off before i thought yeah i'm gonna to subscribe to him i actually like him he's good you know so it takes time it takes patience discipline and not caring what anyone else thinks i suppose if you have all those anyone can do it but then you're probably going to say not everyone has that attitude
2: yes yeah, so, so that, that's a, that's actually really good so for people that don't are nervous and are scared is it a case of just is it a case of just pulling the bull wool, the wool by the horns and, and, and starting somewhere or is like, yeah. what, what would you say to those people that are nervous like myself, kind of like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Will people listen to me? These are all kind of fairly normal insecurities that us as human beings have. So what would you say to those people?
3: Well, I was like that at the start. Mm-hmm. So just as I started the podcast was a time where I became better from 10 years of chronic depression so i had chronic depression for 10 years it's well documented on the podcast and i i personally got myself better you know like if it was like like as as far as i was concerned i was left just to fucking die that's the way i felt and i got myself better on my own like there's no man or woman more dangerous or confident in themselves who got themselves out of hell on their own 100% by themselves. Like people always talk about, I started a business. I'm a CEO of a billion dollar company. People talk about, oh, I'm after running four ultramaritons back to back. That's nothing chief. There's nobody more powerful in the mind than someone who brought themselves out of hell on their own when it seemed impossible.
2: So, thing, I had that I, at the start. There's one thing that I, I read about you that resonated with me completely. And it's, it's definitely, it's, um, it says, uh, not to quote you directly now, but if by memory I'm doing this now. It says that you don't have a uh, well at the time. It didn't have a degree in psychology or mental health or anything like that. But what you do have is ten years experience and getting yourself out of it, out the other side. And I guess for me, I'm I'm always going to be somewhat a science girl, but I'm I'm very much a lived experience kind of kind of girl as well. So I do think the lived experience and that's what's going to resonate with listeners and I do feel from the perspective of a listener that's what resonates um with me it isn't a case of like that you're you're sitting there saying that you have all the answers but sharing sharing what you have and like you're talking there like you don't have all the answers about starting off a podcast for the first time none of us do but it's a case of like doing the best you can with the ability you have at this moment in time and it isn't to say that you're not going to 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 learn along your journey and I guess that's that's where I'd like to to take it what have you learned with with the last three years or uh with the podcast or or the last 10 years or whatever on your in your personal life
3: yeah well the um just I suppose to put a pin on the the original thing that we're talking about it's like um like when I started, I was nervous, but I had to have courage to start. You know, people always talk about courage and they misconstrue what it is. And I'm sure everyone's seen the quotes, but the way I word it is if you're not afraid and you do something, you're not courageous. It's only when you're afraid and you do it anyways, in spite of being afraid, you have courage. So everyone's going to be nervous starting a podcast. Like you're a two-time author and you're mm-hmm. nervous starting your own podcast. Like of anyone in the world that should be able to do it, nobody it should be you.
0: It's your 5 Perfect. It.
3: You're doing TED talks. You're doing. I mean, you're you're out there, and you're even nervous. Mm-hmm. So, can you imagine what it was like for me when I started? Like ten years out of depression, and I'd none of that stuff. I'm not an author. Nobody knows me. I, you know what I mean? It was just. So i said, "Do it anyways." Um, what have I learned with the podcast? That's a good question. I really, I really don't know. You know, this is not like I've I've never come on the podcast and been the note know, there, nor of all things. I just give my opinion. I learned that I really like talking to people. I learned that there's a lot of genuine people out there. Um, an awful lot of the time I, I'd be very disenfranchised with the world. I think people live in a bubble and they worry about wrong stuff like love island and, uh, you know, kind of small little inter-community matters, um, that go on. And I know that's probably important to some people and that's their life and they're happy enough to do it, but I was never, never happy enough to do that. And I didn't think people that were like me existed. Not that people like me are better. It's just a different type of person and that's okay as well. But through the podcast I've met loads of people. Like I must have talked to 150, hundred and fifty, two hundred guests. You know? And like they all have their own some of them are heartbreaking stories. Some of them have achieved stuff. Like yourself. Some of them are scientists. Some of them are sports people. Some of them come on the podcast because they wanted to talk about mental health, because they'd heard me talking about it. Um There's so many decent people out there is one thing I've learned from the podcast and so many good people, but it has reaffirmed also my disdain for people. from doing the podcast because as you know, to do a podcast or to create anything, you have to put yourself out there. What that means is going on social media. So I used to be on all of the social medias and I spent a lot of my time on YouTube, like the work I was putting in was Trojan. It was unbelievable. I was kind of working myself mentally to the bone um if that's even a phrase, um, behind closed doors. And all people seen was the final result. And even people close to me said, Oh, it's a grand old hobby, but are you gonna get a job? And I was thinking, Are you out of your fucking mind? I've done sixty something hours this week. Nonstop. I'm drained like you wouldn't believe. But are you getting any money for? It? No. Oh, why are you doing it then? I was just this was a constant question all of the time. And then on social media, because the podcasts start getting big, if I can say that, um one
2: can very much
3: say that. I think you're I'm entitled to say that. Thank you very much. But one of the things I found, Siobhan, was, going back to my disdain for people, is people are fucking bluffers.
0: Hmm.
3: So loads of people asked to come on my podcast to talk about mental health, for example, when that was the main narrative of the podcast, that they had mental health problems. And, they, and, and I knew in a couple of minutes talking to them that they didn't.
0: Hmm.
3: Or I'd know by their post that they didn't. And people might say, well, Mark, how can you know that? But you hit the nail on the head, Siobhan, earlier on, you answered it for me because I've 10 years lived experience. Yes, so I, I know mm-hmm. I, I I mentioned before, it's, you know, if people were in Vietnam and if I said I was in Vietnam, which I w- was not during the war and you were, you mm-hmm. could find me out in five minutes That's because true. I could talk sound bites, but I don't, you know, it's the old phrase you'd laugh at, you weren't there. So if people hadn't got mental health problems. Or they might have had a bad couple of weeks and came through something and been posting themselves in a bikini and saying, new bikini, new me. Go fuck yourself. I always think, get out. You're not coming on here for a talk, you know.
2: And do you and... find that, that's interesting that you mentioned there about, do you find that across social media in general that the the word mental health is kind of thrown out there kind of a thing instead of actually actually having genuine people that suffer from mental health problems?
3: Yeah. Brilliant question. Um, yeah, you're right. One, 100%. Um, for a, I, I can talk about this in two ways, if that's okay. So first way is when I had mental health issues, I went and seen a psychiatrist and I told everyone I'd done everything I was supposed to do. I went on medication
0: yeah.
3: and nothing really happened. So when I felt I was on my own and I felt alone in this situation, which I was, I said, okay. What I'll do now is I will go and look stuff up. I'm I'm a clever boy. Let's find people who have been through this first and learn from them. Standing on the shoulder of giants, we all know that phrase. Yeah. And I I didn't find one person talking about the way I felt. Not one. And hundred thousand followers, doing a talk up in Vicar Street or doing a talk in the Palladium in London or jet-setting across the world with merch to talk about mental health. I mean, what the fuck are you talking about? That's the opposite of what you should... Be. And, and, I, and I said, if I ever start a podcast, I think I'll talk about mental health, but I'll talk about mental health properly. And, and inadvertently, by the way, that's what helped the podcast to grow because the messages that I did start getting after a while was from people saying, you talk about it different. You talk about it the way I feel it. No one else is doing that. So that's something, I suppose, that kind of... That's something that kind of helped the podcast grow was the honesty and authenticity of it, you know. And don't get me wrong, I don't give all of myself to the podcast. There's so many things that I've never discussed on the podcast and never would, um, okay. because they're not applicable to the podcast, you know. <clears throat> they might be only applicable to me. Mm. So it mightn't help someone else. So normally what I talk about is stuff that's in general but if you do a big fan, fan diagram, you have in general one circle, then you have mental health in the other circle. And then in the fan diagram bit in the middle, you have in general chronic mental health stuff that genuinely happens, genuinely the way you feel. This is how I felt. And this is how I got out of it. <clears throat> and the way I always speak about getting out of it is I just did the stuff that I wanted to do. People say, well, What do you mean, like? You did that, it's all, and I'd say anything I could eliminate from my life. That didn't add to my happiness, I got rid of. And people were saying, well, and that worked. It did. It, it it went an awful long way. But having said that, today, three years better, three year anniversary of the podcast. Is everything going my way? Absolutely not. There's situations now that I would change in a heartbeat. The only thing that stopped me doing it is enough money. There's, there's the things I change in, in two seconds if I could. But you can only change the things that you're able to, change. I think you said in our podcast that you're doing the best you can with the, the cards that you're dealt. But that doesn't mean that your circumstances mightn't change the next time or mightn't change in a couple of weeks and then you might be able to do something else. But for now, you're doing the best that you can. And that's the way I always do it. And what I do as well is I, I'm you're like, some of the biggest, I go easy on myself when I fuck up. And all the big speakers that have loads of following and I followed them like, for example, Jordan Peterson would be one, but there's loads of them. They always say, be hard on yourself. But I, one of the ways I got better was I went easy on myself when I needed to. So I nearly did a astral protection and stood backwards kind of, I don't believe in spirit, but spirit wide, spirit wise, and just seeing myself in front of myself. And then I'd nearly metaphorically walk around myself and say well what's wrong with this human what's the problem why is he unhappy what can i do for him i also have a little picture of when i think i was nine months old and i saved it on my phone i don't think i've ever mentioned this in the podcast i i saved it on my phone and my deepest darkest times i'd look at that and think well look i have to do this for that child don't let that child kill themselves don't let that child do all those things isn't it unbelievable how that child is in chronic depression. He's seven years into it and he's all alone. My God. If I could help him, I would go, so, well, I can help him. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm him, but yeah. what does that mean? It means, well, getting rid of the stuff that doesn't help. And sometimes that's people. Of course. So there's people that I are still in my life now that were in my life nine years ago, yeah. but I just don't look at them the same. Yeah. They they don't know. I I don't sit down and have a big heart to heart with them and say, listen, look, yeah. I I just go about my own thing. You know, if 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 people could see a hierarchy of values of things that I value and I could place out on a pyramid and show them, everybody who's ever known me would be stunned. You know, people think the way things were seven years ago are still the same now because I haven't said anything, but they're not. So. If I was to, one way to describe it, I heard this, I'm stealing off somebody now, but <laughs> as I've done for three years on this podcast, one of the things I'd say is that 10 years ago, if there was a house on fire and there was 10 things I could have dragged out, things being things or people, mm. there wouldn't be the same 10 things today. Mm. But the yeah. only person that knows that is me. Yeah. And I'm happy to know that, you know, again, think look, that's a long winded answer, but
2: i think there's such honesty and power of what you're are saying so i think sometimes as human beings we're afraid to actually say say what's on our mind and even there, like meeting yourself with a sense of compassion because you are right like as human beings we are our very worst critic and to say that we to say that you go easy on yourself when um you make mistakes even from me hearing that because i personally for myself i would say that i am my worst critic i'm like goodness even before we started this i'm like no mark that's not perfect we, we need to do that again we need to start that again and and you're you were the the calming influence kind of saying no it'll be fine and i think there's such power in that and in a crisis i can imagine that you you'd be kind of a relax kind of cool out but get things done at the same time kind of guy
3: maybe <laughs> uh, it, 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 it just depends if i care enough or not you know like there, there'd be so much stuff on a daily basis that go on that under my rules wouldn't be allowed to go on and i'm powerless to do it to do anything about it so i just don't let it kind of come in and affect me for too long you know and you have to be like just believe in yourself is what i'd say and you might think, well, how can I believe in myself if I do up a CV of all the stuff I've done in my life and there's not too much impressive stuff there?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But who's to say what's impressive? Nobody knows. Is a CV and a leave cert, for instance, I know people are going through that or just finished it, or maybe they're still going through it. A junior cert, a degree, uh, married with two children, um, a gold medal in the Olympics, a CEO of a business. Is that successful? You know, is... um. I see people, for example, who say to me, like, oh, you're still not married. You're going to be a bachelor forever. Is that what you like? That's not what I want. But I'm not settling for somebody. Like nearly, not all, but nearly all of those same people are miserable. They're miserable. Much more miserable than I am. Yes, sometimes I'm lonely and I miss a cuddle and a love and to share my day with someone. That's uh, that's I, I want that more uh, as much as anybody on planet Earth. I want that but I'm not going to do that with a snake or a hyena or a scorpion or a black widow. I want to do it with a friend. someone I love maybe a wife, sometime that's fine, but I'm not settling. And when I say that, I don't mean looks wise, uh, looks wise, by the way, I just mean, um, I just mean genuine and kind, but strong, you know, And, and that's nearly impossible to find. Uh, I believe it was impossible to find. And people say, well, that's not true. People are in relationships all the time. For some reason down through my life, people have lent an ear to me since I was 12 or 13. And always have. I never asked them to, by the way. Never fucking asked anyone to confide anything in me ever in my life. Tell me. I never say it back. Don't tell me. I don't give a shit, is the truth. But people have always told me. And I've seen the fucked up things people done to each other, the cheating people done on each other. The backstabbing, the stealing from each other, the downright hurting each other all of the time, and it's not that I'm trying to avoid that for myself. It's that that obviously you'll have disagreements with everyone, but it's I want something real, you know. And it's Don't... not got to do with money or success or anything, you know. You see, like women nowadays, that you would see. If you were to believe it, like all they want is a six foot two man with a fucking 10 inch penis and a million dollar salary per year, yes. you know. And then every guy wants a 19, 20, 21 year old girl with the perfect body who's loyal, who do, wants to do nothing only have sex with them left, right, and center. And that none like none of those, they are true to a small degree. And that's just on social media. People are worrying, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. That's not true. Most people don't want that. Most people just want just want to be, um, my idea would be to be in somewhere that it's nice. And this, the scenery is nice and a log cabin sitting down with someone and we're best friends, maybe have a dog and just sit there and relax and enjoy each other's company. That's it. It's as straightforward as that. I don't Do you know if that's the question, was it? Do
2: you get a sense kind of like, and like you mentioned there throughout social media and with the, with people today, whether it's the youth or whatever, um, people's image is extremely important do you find that sad that authenticity is kind of it's kind of lost at the moment I'm not i not going to say completely it's gone because I I do personally believe it's going to come back I'm I'm of that faith that it's going to come back I'm not sure when but I do believe it's going to come back but do you get that sense of sadness out there now there's that like that we have to be perfect in order to to meet our person Like you mentioned your person there about the log cabin and the dog. It's such a quaint, beautiful way of living life. But do you think that's realistic in today's life?
0: No,
3: it's not realistic at all. It's kind of more so, I suppose, of a metaphor of kind of a peaceful existence with someone else. Um, Yeah, social media is fake. I can't emphasize this enough. Social media is not real. Do you know? It's absolutely not real. So, Um, it's all people trying to put their best foot forward and they're entitled to do so by the way, um, and show how good everything is all of the time. I don't know how many people, let's just take a guy at the gym and he's working out and he's posting pictures and he looks well. Yeah, I don't know. It's obviously impossible to do a test on this or do a case study, but I'd love to have a case study and say, when you sent that picture of your abs looking well at the gym where were you when you sent that picture was that picture taken six months ago and you've just done drugs and cheated on your girlfriend last night i want to feel good about yourself where are you now that was that one moment and by the way do post it your look i post on social media i say hey look here's a new podcast out you know in other words i'm proud of it if you want to go and have a listen have a listen and that's fair enough but I, I often wonder where people are sitting and where they're at in their heads when they're posting, because they're not sitting. For instance, a girl posting a bikini where she looks fantastic, and they're all showing their bums now for some reason. Like she's not wearing that bikini when she's sending it. She's probably sitting on the toilet or getting sick, or maybe she has her period, or maybe, maybe um she's lost her job, or but she needs to feel better, so she posts it, and then she gets people liking it. Oh, you look fantastic, sexy. And then, girls, well done, hon. Well done, you. It's just a uh, like. I don't know. Like, I mean, I might have needed that. I don't know. I just never got that when I when I had depression. I I I felt that I didn't get support. Okay. So, I heard Fifty Cent saying something, and th- like, if he had problems, he didn't run away because he 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 had no one to run to. Mm. And that's not to say that I haven't got people in my life. Um, then or indeed now but I knew I had to do it all on my own so if I put up a picture of me on the internet for example and people are saying you look fantastic Mark, well done hon, brilliant that won't make me feel better Like people say "You're, you're lying it will make you feel, no it won't, it'll make you feel better, it won't make me feel better if I put up a picture and I think it looks nice and they say you don't look great there I don't like that t-shirt, but that won't make me feel bad or it won't stop me wearing the t-shirt at all. But people aren't like that. They're like, I'm look, I'm fucking 46. I see people like in their twenties that they've, they've nearly always had social media growing up. That's the way they live. Like I, I would, would hate that now.
0: Yeah.
3: The amount of stuff I would've got away with in my life. And I, I'd hate that now to be out there all of the time. And like nearly every picture is, oh, here's a photo bomb of pictures and there's 62 pictures and it's you living your best life it's um, so fake it's unbelievable it's not real at all and I think did I say it in my last podcast or the one before that but I've mentioned it a few times mm-hmm. um if I yeah. could do this podcast and never have to do social media and it close them like literally close them down I would do it yeah I'd Can never we, be on it if you have my number ring me
2: do you think nowadays though that we rely quite heavily on social media, whether it's obviously for a personal gain or whatever, or or professional gain like I do, what do you, what do you feel of that?
3: Well, if you're doing like, like, well, let's use you as a case, um, uh, case sample. So you wrote, you've wrote two books. We'll just speak about your last book. You've wrote your last book.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: If you're not on social media, how do people know that you've written a book? They don't, unless you go door to door in Ennis where you live and tell them all, they're just not going to know. So you have to do it and you're putting up stuff that you've done and stuff that you've created and putting a story out there. And I've no problem with that at all. Mm -hmm. They're the type of people that I like to talk on the podcast, which case in point, we've done a podcast together. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, if you're up talking about mental health and you're in a bikini in the next picture, and then the next picture, you're talking about the diet plan you want to sell. And then the next picture you're talking about, uh, a bitcoin investment and then the next picture you're selling holidays and the next picture then you know it's 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 it doesn't seem real. So it's not that I have a problem with that, but I just don't want to be seen it, you know? Because it's not real. I have a huge problem with people who aren't authentic and unfortunately I don't know the figure, but I'm gonna say ninety nine percent of people aren't.
2: Yeah, I would totally I would definitely agree with you with the authenticity, I don't think it's very much in the forefront of social media nowadays i do think a lot of things are done for clout and definitely um would agree with the the whole kind of mental health and everyone and their dog has mental health issues nowadays like no matter what like i do think personally like and i would always say this that people would have down days i would say that i'd have moody days or i'd have blue days but in no way shape or form am i coming onto to social media and say that i'm um, suffering from depression because i do personally 100 percent believe that's an extreme insult to the absolute person who's genuinely on the daily suffering to get out of bed or difficulty getting on with their day because they're in such a dark place like it, it's it's something that's really it kind of does cut a nerve with me that people do do that just to say just to get clout or just to because they have insecurities, having insecurities is not the same as having a mental health problem or having um, chronic depression or any of the sorts. So they
3: want to grow their social media following. So it's an easy way to do it.
2: But there was the authenticity has kind of gone out the window. Then
3: it's it's
2: for, it's for, it's like false advertising.
3: Like 100%, all of it is false advertising. Even some of the biggest people on social media that I used to follow
0: Hmm.
3: are listen to and I was hoodwinked for a long, long period of time. I'd realize it's full of shit. Mm. Like I won't mention any of them in particular, but there's people on there selling fitness stuff and selling this way of eating and that way of eating and loads of different stuff. And they're, they're full of shit.
1: Mm. If you
3: click on their link tree, it's brands, free seminars, sign up for more. It's all money, 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 money. It's a brand, it's a business. It's the way you sell yourself. It's who's the best at social media marketing essentially. And people have no soul. They have the devil in them. And all they want is love me, love me. They're absolute prostitutes for attention. And that's all they want. And that's all they care about. They don't give a fuck about you or me. You have to help someone along the way brilliant because it makes them feel better. And get loads of money and then take a few pictures of their arse in a bikini in Dubai. Just not for me, you know.
2: No, i would agree there completely and it isn't to say that we all throughout our lives we we've all fallen down the rabbit hole and i'm not here kind of bashing people that are doing that we've all fallen down the the rabbit hole as i said but it's a case of to just be a little bit more mindful going forward what is your intention with what you're posting is your intention of purity or is it is your intention to get attention and and I guess there's something there's something humble with the with the honesty. And if your intention is to get attention, well, fair enough. Like that's, but you're not going on there with this kind of like trying to I'm trying to save the world kind of a thing. When you've known you've no like I've always of the mindset: say what you mean and mean what you say. So,
3: well, it's even in uh, real life that's you know like so, like, people are very um, disingenuous in real life as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So you could talk to a stranger and have a conversation and that's fair enough. But people, you know, work colleagues, friends, family, say things that they don't mean
0: oh, yeah.
3: always just to get them out of a situation or to win an argument or to make them. Because if you say something let's just say I have a friend and I know them 20 years and I'm sitting down and I'm talking to them or I'm on the phone or I'm texting and they're saying stuff to me like I will just say what I'm saying. And they get so, like, they like say, oh, no, well, and they always have a, no, but, but my thing is different. It's, 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 it's not different. You know, people will say, like, like, I know people who will say anything to get them out of any situation rather than taking the time to sit down and deal with a situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And unfortunately, well, I used to think, like, they can change, these people won't change. It just won't change. That's the way it'll be forever. And I call that living in the little, I've mentioned it loads of times, living in the bubble. I'm in a bubble. These are the seven or eight people I know. We're all on WhatsApp groups, chatting with each other the whole time, giving out shit about this, that, and the other. I'll talk this, I'll say that. And I've nearly just stopped. And even look, when I say it, I can't say I fully stopped because I fall for it still, but I've, I've nearly stopped listening to what people say and see what to do.
2: Of course, see, I, I would always say that actions speak uh, louder than words. So
3: completely yeah. there's a lot of people out there that will probably resonate with this. Where I'm this kind of person where, um, and I think a lot of people are um, particularly listeners to this podcast, because like, if I'm sitting down and I'm talking to someone and we're giving an opinions on something and I'm being honest, like I'm being honest today. Yeah. With zero agenda, by the way, I have nothing to sell. Like this podcast is free. So um, if I'm talking to somebody and we're talking about a situation and I give the honest answer and people always, even I'm only two months, two and a half months into a new job. Anyone I spend time with there says, oh, you're very honest and you're to the point and you're blunt and you're witty because you see the humor in, in, in the honesty of it. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's been for an awful lot of my life. But until I'm honest with you, now I'm a cunt all of a sudden. So I wasn't a cunt for the, the hundred topics and people before that. Now I am. Yeah. Isn't that very convenient? Isn't that all tied up in a nicely lit uh, nice lit, little bow there? That's all tied up in a nice little bow. It's it's um I, I'm fine and I'm sound and I'm genuine and I'm good to have I'm good to be in a bunker with in bad times. Until you're not pulling your weight in the bunker and I mention it to you, now I'm a cunt. So that'll drive you mad.
2: Why Why is it that you think that people are okay with the hundreds of different topics that you've mentioned, but the, the minute it becomes between you and I and that with that individual, why do you think they take it personally or why do you think they, they call you that?
3: Yeah, well, that's again metaphorically. To, mm-hmm. <laughs> metaphorically to call me that. I think one of the reasons is because they haven't done the deep dive on themselves. Some people go through life and they'll never do it. I was forced to do it. I didn't want to do it. You know, if you had met me before depression, I thought I was clever. I was smart. I was witty. I knew so much about this, that and the other, and I was happy enough. Talk
2: talk to us about the the deep dive as you mentioned. What's the deep dive?
3: The deep dive is to find out, um, I'm trying to like, I I was going to sit there to find out who you really are, but I didn't want to sound like everyone else sounds. The deep dive is to, if you're sitting in your car, Let's say, for example, you're out having a walk or you're on the way home from work or waiting for the bus. Stop like everything. Don't mind the people walking by. You don't mind what your mother, father, brother, sister, wife, husband, children are saying. Don't mind what's on the news. Don't mind anything. Just stop and say, right, my name for me, for an example, is Mark McCormack. How do I feel? You might find yourself, Jesus, my heart is racing. I'm really warm. I'm sweaty. I'm okay. Well, now I've noticed something's not right. Why do I feel like that? Well, you're under pressure from work, for example. Why? What happened? This is me talking to myself. This is just one instance. Why? What happened? Well, you're, you're put in a situation that made you, feel, um, made you feel under pressure. Was that my fault or was that someone else's fault? Well, that was someone else's fault. Okay, well, why? Or it was my fault, then why? And work through it and see where you land. And you learn nothing from that, really. It's only one little thing. But if you do that enough times, stop yourself and have a little, a small little talk or conversation or all in your mind, of course, don't talk out loud, you'll be put into <laughs> a mental asylum. But And and just do it, you know, like I used, when, when I had depression, there was a time I, I mentioned several times here, I called a white knuckling where I looked down at my hands and my fist would be so tight and my knuckles would be white on both of my hands because of the tension. Yet there was nothing going on. And I used to feel like I had a visor on my head, like a helmet. And the visor was going down all the time. And it was just like you couldn't breathe. Like it was absolutely 100% suicide. Endless. There was no way out. Just out. And this was for years and years and years. No support. And I was thinking like. Like I don't know how I'm going to get better here. I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's impossible. So I started listening to myself taking a deep dive with myself, working on myself. And if I was building the Great Wall of China, it was like one-tenth of one brick at a time. And I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And eventually, rather than having to get thick and say, I'm so angry now that I don't care, and then saying to people, I don't care, but being angry, which means you do care, I got to a point where, like, even if I wanted to pretend I cared, I I don't, because it doesn't affect me. It's not my thing. It's your thing or it's their thing or it's something I can't control. Which is, I used to read a lot into stoicism when I was getting better at the time, a lot of Marcus Aurelius and listen to stuff like that. Um, and the deep dive is to find out what you're afraid of, what you're good at, what you're bad. You don't discuss this with anyone. It's great if you do, if you trust someone enough. But I, I didn't discuss this with anybody, like you know, because I was of the age at the time where anyone I knew would have been out drinking or doing stuff. Everyone had their own life. Everyone was busy, 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 and you'd only probably meet them once for a drink and, that, and then you might talk about football. So for me to get better, I had to do that deep dive and ask myself all the questions. And the number one question I asked myself was, how do you feel now? How's your body? Why is your, why are you white knuckling it now? What's the situation? What's wrong? This is like worse than a bad day. This is chronic depression. This is probably uncombackable from, but well, I'm going to come back. What do I need to do? And it was just constant work every single day. So now, for example, let's just say me and a person who lives in the bubble come into the same situation. They see it as a, as a, an attack by a Tyrannosaurus Rex to destroy their furry mm. being and comfort zone of life whereas i see it as a little mosquito because it's nothing you know it's like if if someone survived a plane crash and they fell off their bike it's no big deal Mm. if someone wasn't in a plane crash and never had an accident and fell off their bike it's the end of the world it's kind of like that but you must spend time like you're with yourself all the time you wake up in the morning You with yourself you go to the toilet You with yourself you brush your teeth you drive to work or walk to work you're by yourself, you might go to the gym, you're by yourself, you're sitting down in the cinema with five people and you're all watching a movie but you're still in, in your own mind at all times. You're out drinking at a party I, you know, and, and the music's going, everyone's having a good time but in your own mind you're, you can still have conversations, you can still talk to yourself, you can still say how do I feel here, how do I feel here? I've, I've left things that I didn't want to do. People were saying oh well you should have done this and you should have done that and you should have done, I don't give a shit what you think. I could have died on my own with no support when you knew me and you never gotten, you never tried to help. So now because this isn't quite making your Saturday night that you'd like it to be perfect, I don't care. And I mean that from the bowels of my body, I don't care.
2: It's a beautiful place to, I'm not saying that it it probably took ages to get there, and and a lot of people say that to me as well. Like, how do you, how have you gotten to the place you've you've gotten? And you mentioned there, it's one tenth of a brick all the time, and I think um, there's a lot of power in that. I'm a baby steps kind of guy. It isn't a case of um, you're just going to wake up tomorrow morning and life is going to be fantastic. Life is life is hard and life is difficult, and each and every single day brings its own difficulties. But with the with the work that you have done and I have done and lots of other people listening, that's what's built up your coping skills to help you cope with the life challenges each and every single day.
3: That's actually a good word, words coping um, skills.
2: I guess I would like to ask you, cause you and I kind of come from the same kind of generation. So um, with the mental health kind of world and where it, where it was to where you were growing up, where it is now, like and is there is there a comparison, is there improvements? Have we completely gone downhill? What would your perspective be? It
3: it, it was non existent when I was uh younger mm-hmm. as an entity. Uh what people used to say, particularly around the Midlands and at was he or she is bad with her nerves.
2: Yeah, i definitely it it's an Irish thing, I think. I've definitely heard it.
3: So then it's more popular now, not more popular, more accepted. And there has been some good stories of people having mental health issues and getting their life back on track. And then not even what I've done, they've went on to do other great things also. Um, But the other side of it now is you actually touched on it earlier yourself. It's everybody thinks they have mental health. You know, I used to get emails at the start and, when, I, when I'd say things like that and say, who the fuck are you to say that I did it? I'd say, well, I'm not saying you don't have it. I don't know you champion. I'm saying in general, from my experience, everyone nearly thinks they have mental health issues, you know? And so it's gone from, of course it existed, but non-existent in society to being slightly accepted to a bit gone overboard now. And I agree with what you said earlier on. um. Although you said it in a different context, it, 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 um, it hurts the people who are genuinely no. affected by mental health. And the same goes for this whole woke thing, transgender um, shenanigans.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like if a man that I know comes to me and tells me that, look, I'm 42 years of age. I felt like I was a woman since I can't remember ever feeling like a man. No. And I've tried to live my life this way. As a man, as a heterosexual man and it's killing me and I've went and I've spoke to psychologists for the last three years Mm -hmm. and I just want to live my life as a woman because that's the way I've seen myself all of my life. Mm -hmm. I accept that person on the Mm -hmm. spot and if that person was Dave and wants to be called Deirdre that she will be called Deirdre for as long as I'm alive but If five girls from the same terrace or avenue all come out as pansexual at the same time, at the age of 17, I'm not having that. So that's the problem. And mental health is the same. Mental health was first in in that lineage of issues. Everyone has it now. So, for instance, I'm going to write a book about um, living in the forest and how you can live in the forest and how the trees are fantastic and how everything is fantastic. Okay, that interests me. Living in the nature, that's grand. Every second post will be about mental health and how I got out of it, you know. And some of them are genuine, of course they are, but some of them you can tell. You can actually tell. It's you never had that's not true. You know, and if you did have it, you had you felt low for two years. You hadn't got depression. And I can tell that straight away, you know, so to summarize, it was non-existent when I was younger, there was something wrong with his nerves. Now it's okay, it was okay then for a while and a few people came out and you were very brave. It was like back in the seventies and eighties, when you came out as being gay, uh, you were very brave. Whereas now it's irrelevant if you're gay or straight, nobody cares, or at least nobody should care. Um, but the mental health side of it now is gone. It's gone a bit overboard. And I think I agree with you. It's it's, it's not helping people who are genuine. If, if a doctor has 12 people coming in a day with mental health, the chances are the doctor will miss the person who's genuinely suicidal. Because the first question to ask you when you go in and you mention mental health is, are you suicidal? That's the first question you're asked. And you say no. But you might say, yeah. So, for instance... <clears throat> let's say you never had any problems in your life and for the last six months, you feel really, really down. <clears throat> like the magnitude of that problem compared to the magnitude of other people's problems. Let's just say a child that's still trying to get out of Ukraine are completely different. So if you never had any troubles and now you have a small bit of a trouble and they ask you, you're suicidal. You might say yes. Now you're on medication. You're on 24 hour watch. You're all of those things. But the chances are maybe you're not, you're just having a bad time, you know, where Back. someone walks in and it's on death's door, are you suicidal, no, I'm not. You know, just now I'm not. Okay, off you go. So it's very hard for the doctors as well, by the way. But I okay. think, and certainly from the experience I've seen, and it's got this way over the last while, is they've become very jaded with it, you know?
2: I do I do believe that's where... Social media has played its part that everything is ginormous. Like you mentioned there, if I go to the doctor and I'm feeling blue or feeling feeling down for the last few weeks, instead of kind of talking about what's happened in the last few weeks in order to make me blue or down, like automatically it's a label that's put on people. And I think that's where that's where I kinda of, kinda of draw the line, like to to put a label on somebody that's not it's not needed. You know but some
3: people glorify this label as well most of your problems and most i don't mean you most of our problems <laughs> yeah all of our problems is siobhan and most of our problems <laughs> is uh, created by other people
0: mm.
3: or started by other people mm. and it's allowed to manifest by us like if if i was ever to write a book and i'm not saying that i never would and let's say it was ten chapters. One chapter would be about mental health, and the other nine chapters would be how to navigate, not giving a fiddler's fuck what anyone else thinks.
0: You know, and people.
2: I do think when people speak uh, about mental health as well, that they're they're one dimensional. It's like for me, I'm not. I'm like I'm not just spying a bit for that. Like I'm Siobhan, there's a whole other side to me. Like so, even somebody who genuinely has a mental health problem, that's just one part them, like, what's, what's the other parts? Like maybe they're, they're not exploring other parts to themselves that could help and support them, do you know what I mean? So it's just, uh, I suppose, to remind people that we're, we're human and that we're not just one dimensional, there's many different parts to ourselves, so.
3: Now, people are different. P- people always think that everything is about them
2: mm.
3: and it's not, mm. you know, it's not like, um like for our podcast, for example, I got loads of emails and messages saying that was a brilliant podcast jesus she's fucking class like um uh probably like i i I don't share messages with anyone else you can attend to that i haven't sent you any messages and i I always tell people that they're private but like some of them i got was like like if you weren't to talk to her the way you talked to her would she have said what she had said like like it was so unofficial you know and and I, I think it came across really well but one of the messages I got was that I'm a heartless bastard because one of the times during the conversation That's... you were saying that you could be dead now and all of this and then you were chatting away and I said you're like a cockroach we can't get rid of you right Priceless. I thought so <laughs> right but I got well... shit over that but like so that person and other people listened to it and other people thought it was you were inspiring And Mm -hmm. someone else thought that I was bang out of order, but to listen to the same conversation. So what you have to realize is you can't atone or adjust, or you can't live your life based on what other people say, because everyone has the same opinion. It's it's, it's like the old adage that Ricky Gervais said before. It's like the guitar teacher who is giving guitar lessons Mm -hmm. and puts up, this is probably before the internet, puts up a sign on a board saying, you know, I'm Siobhan, I'm giving guitar lessons and there's loads of strips with your phone number on it. Somebody takes it off a phone number and rings up Siobhan and says, I don't want guitar lessons. So, okay. It's not for you. Go about your life. Don't be worrying about it. And as much as what I do in the podcast might not be for everyone, but what everyone else is doing might not be for me. So it's not for me to be going, well, you shouldn't this and you shouldn't that and you shouldn't. Do what you want knock your socks off, have anxiety, be under pressure, be, have yourself in a fucking panic all of the time because of stuff that's needless. And the answer people will always say was, well, I can't control it. And you could be right, but there's loads of people who could control it if they put in the time and the effort. Most people in life today will, are as clever as Albert Einstein in making excuses. That will get them out of doing absolutely anything, but the bare minimum. So I want no feelings. I want no nothing. I don't want to move. I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to fail. I certainly don't want to make a mistake. Um, I want to be surrounded by people who are exactly, exactly in that same mindset and we can build each other up in our little brotherhood or a little sisterhood and go around tickling each other's arses. This is what I always, this is the way I, I bring it across. Yeah. And, and we're all happy and living our life. And maybe they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are. Um, But that's probably like going to the movies to watch uh, a premiere of a movie and sitting through the first trailer and then leaving and thinking you've it all figured out. You haven't. So I come out with the movie and I talk to Siobhan and say, well, wasn't those seven trailers really good? I'm looking forward to part two of this movie that came out. I'm looking forward to this uh, story. Then we watch the movie. There's a couple of different acts in the movie and it goes a certain way. So we're having a conversation with the person who only listened to the first trailer. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. We're not wrong. You're wrong. But there is no way in the world I can explain to you why you're wrong. Because you didn't do the deep dive. You didn't put in the work. So I just don't say anything. And that person yes. thinks we've seen the same movie and we're cool. And we're on the same level of self-awareness, but we're not.
2: I think that's the beauty when the you mentioned doing the work or the deep dive, you call it, um, that life is a journey, like it is full of ups and downs. Every single day is different, but by putting in the work, um you have learned that you can't you can't control the uncontrollable um so that kind of gives you a sense of contentment it's not to say like you said that we are human we're going to have anxiousness we're going to have fears and anxiety and all of these things but to 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 know that within yourself that it's okay that this is normal this is this is life and maybe just going through a little turbulence at the moment but it's not it's not your your final destination, and I think and only then, well, when you put in the work, that you'll you'll have a true understanding of what life is. Because by not putting in the work, others, humans, and maybe Irish people in general, we do make mountains out of molehills. It's a case of like, like, like I said, if I have a bad day, oh my god, I'm, i currently depressed, kind of a thing. So it is i'm I'm a huge advocate, and, and a lot of people know why. I'm a huge advocate for personal development and putting the work into yourself. It is a hard slog, and I can only imagine from your perspective how much of a hard slog it was, but
3: was a nightmare
2: but then to seek the rewards at the end and how you're speaking here today with us and how you articulate yourself is in in such a beautiful manner, like I'm sure anybody listening in to take to take that jump that to take that dive is scary but from my perspective it's 100 worth it what would you say
3: i think 99 percent of people that listen to this podcast the second it's over will put on Pornhub and just have a wank and go <laughs> on with their day they'll do nothing
2: okay and why would you think that
3: because that's what people do they live in their own bubble
2: and is it a case that you think that they don't want to put in the work? Are they afraid to see what's on the other side? Because I know from my perspective, it wasn't that I wasn't, wasn't afraid to put in the work, but I was fearful of what's to be me like. I don't want to put myself, I always say, get comfortable in the uncomfortable. But I don't want to get myself uncomfortable. But you have to get yourself uncomfortable in order to, to grow as a human.
3: Well, yeah, that's actually a very good point, Siobhan. Um. To get comfortable in the uncomfortable, I I think I spoke about this, this month or last month, Um, when you're saying get comfortable in the uncomfortable, I'll I'll tie that into something you said a few minutes ago as well, which was that you might be going through a turbulent time now, but it's not your final destination. But I also don't think that's true. Um, What I think is true is that take the final destination, your final destination is death when you die. So things are never going to be okay ever and they're never going to be bad all the time ever so let's say for example that i'll use this podcast as a stupid example let's say i wanted to get five million downloads and that's my goal that's the end of the rainbow when i get there everything will be okay now i'm a multi-millionaire let's just say wow i've done it isn't that fantastic the following week i'll have a problem that will test me mentally And then eventually I might get rid of that. And then the following week or maybe in a fortnight's time, I'll have two big problems and maybe I can get rid of one of those, but the other one might take a bit longer. Then as time goes by, now I have 30 problems and I'm a millionaire and the podcast is global, but why do I still have these problems when I've just got my goal, when I've put in all my work, because life is problems, but it's also happiness. It's also contentment. It's all, it's, it's a smorgasbord of everything mixed in together like a rainbow. There's, there's there's only, I think, seven colors in the rainbow, but all of those colors can be subcategorized into other colors, and all of those colors can be subcategorized into other colors. And it goes on for practically ever. If if you wanted to mix and match all the day. life is the same. So you will have problems always. When you reach your goal, when we get married and we have our child, everything will be fine. It won't be. When I get this job and I get a 15,000 euro, dollar, pound raise, everything will be fine. No, it won't. When I break up with John or fucking Deirdre, everything will be fine. I will get my life back together. I'd be like, eat, pray, love, or Aaron Brockovich. And you won't.
0: Yeah.
3: Some days you will. So one of the things that really get people fucked up is that everyone thinks that they deserve to be happy or that they should be happy or that's a given divine right to be happy. It's not. If you're lucky enough to be on the world, let's just say 100 years, um, you're going to have ups and downs, ins and outs. And it's easy to say that, but if, if you're sitting with yourself, like I said, doing the deep dive, you say, well, what are the ups and downs? What are the ins and outs? What are the good times? What are the terrible times? How did I get over that time? Did I not get over? Has just enough time passed that it doesn't bother me anymore? And how much more stuff will come up in my life that that will be the case? Did I do something physically? Or mentally, or did I say something or have a conversation? Or what way did I get myself out of that certain situation that I was in? But once, once you realize that you will constantly have challenges and mental, mental challenges at that, you can enjoy the good times more. So for example, if I'm working all week and I'm finished and I come home and I have a few beers. Um, unlike in my 20s i'd have a few and i'm in bed by half nine or ten i enjoy them i'm listening to music and you might think well like tomorrow's friday or saturday and you're off for a few days so that's fantastic but what's to say that i won't have a problem tomorrow morning that's much worse than the problem i had in work for the week nothing the chances are some weeks that will happen and some weeks that won't so i enjoy the moment that i'm in if i can you can't always sometimes I'm oblivious to everything also as well by the way I'm not walking around like the Dalai Lama or Buddha I'm yeah. oblivious to what's going on an awful lot of the time and sometimes I learn things after the fact when it's way too late but I'm lucky that I tend not to forget them when I learn them so people say don't make the same mistake twice I've often made the same mistake three or four times before I, I didn't do it again but that's okay as well but just I say to people keep in mind That from listening to this podcast until the day you die, let's hope it's a long, long, long time away, you will constantly, constantly have problems. You'll have aggravation, you'll have anxieties, you'll have low moments, you'll have things that go wrong, people will let you down, people will hurt your feelings. All of that will happen from now until the day you die. So stop trying to get in a situation where that won't happen. That's not the deep dive where you make yourself get all these people away from me and a a stranger will put you down in two seconds. Maybe you don't get this new job you're going for. Now you feel low. It's going to happen all of your life. All you have to do is love yourself. And when you have a good time, have a good time. I can sit down. I drove out to Hudson Bay with the weather being good there not so long ago, really, really early one morning. And I said, I'll go for a walk. And I went for a walk and I got back and I sat on my car in front of it on my own close to the grass where the water was there, the dragonflies lying around, which I don't like insects anyways. Yeah. A man must have been 205 years of age, but a dog that was about 10 years older than him walked past me. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. I seen a, a father bringing his son for a walk if son was about two. I seen an old couple walk and I've seen loads of different things. And I was just at an absolute peace and at ease.
2: So it's like, well, like, I'm getting a sense, sense that living in the present moment for whatever it is in that present moment, is that what gives you joy in life or is there something else?
3: Um, well, there'll be very little that would give me joy because I don't, um, let's just say absolute chronic depression is zero and elation and the best of joy is 10. I live most of my life in five since I got better. So really bad things that people might often say to me, oh, this is an absolute disaster. There's no way to recover from this. But you know, for them, that's a zero. For me, it's not a five, it's a 4.9. Okay. Um, And then when I am happy or elated, it might be a 5.5. But I hit the eights or nine, nines when I sit by myself and I just in my own self, like I'm very aware and this, this is people can take it whatever way they want. I don't care. We're on a ball that's flying around a star. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Mad. (laughs) And the
3: star is flying around a a solar system that's in the galaxy. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't be worried about stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, it's not, um, all the stuff that we have here, it is real because it's your life, but it's only as real as you like it. You know, like if you have a WhatsApp group and you're talking about work all the time in a WhatsApp group and you're talking about silly problems with celebrities, I would say, leave that WhatsApp group in the morning. They'd say, oh, well then I'd have no one to talk to. It's better to talk to no one than when it's your time talking nonsense.
0: Because...
3: If, if, um, like when a child is born, the child is not racist. It has to be taught to be racist. The child is not homophobic. It needs to be taught. And the child is an idiot because they know nothing. It needs to learn stuff.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: You can always learn. And one of the strongest ways you learn is to listen to yourself and learn what you think and how you feel. And it won't always be good. Sometimes it will. They'll be the best goods ever, you know. Um, There's
2: a lot of learning in yourself when, like you've mentioned throughout this whole thing is, is is asking yourself the the really difficult questions that you may not want to answer sometimes, but there's such there's such learning and in growth in those questions. And it's like you mentioned earlier, you're actually just taking time or taking count of how you're actually feeling today, even even though you might be feeling rubbish or even though you might be feeling off oh, or blue or whatever. But to say it out like and not to be afraid. Oh, I can't say that now because we live in a world where like. There's this toxic positivity, but it's okay to feel the negative emotions as well because if you don't feel them, feel them, you won't be able to work through them,
3: yeah, and that's one hundred percent, and it's 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 yeah, and it's small things as well. so say, for instance, like you know, I could wake up one morning and might be off work and I might feel like shit.
1: Mm.
3: It still happens to me now,
1: mm.
3: and I think, okay. I feel like absolute shit. I feel like dirt. I feel all the bad things I feel. I think, okay, what's that all about? It's just, it's, it, it's a bad day. It's a, whatever way I slept, whatever happened before that. Maybe I didn't deal with whatever was going on or the, the multitude of things that's going on as well as I should do. Mm-hmm. So what am I doing today? Okay, when I get myself a pizza, I'm not going to go out and see anyone. I'm not going on social media. I'm going to watch three or four movies on Netflix and I'm going to chill.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: People might say, well, that's not dealing with it. For me, that does be. Now, the following day, I might get up and go to the gym and go and buy shopping and go and visit a niece or nephew or go and do whatever I want to do. I might help people. I might give a word of encouragement. Mm-hmm. So both, both of those days are fine, by the way. That sure. It's a... Like, what's the outcome after both of those days? The outcome is I, I'm, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. That's the outcome. So I, I mind it myself. And something I suppose as well that we didn't touch on here is that um one of the biggest things and people just won't do this, like, they just won't do it, is to forgive themselves.
0: Mm.
3: So, Mm. there's nobody listening to this podcast. And for this, I can guarantee, you can put your fucking house on this and your life on this, that hasn't fucked up multiple times.
0: Yeah,
3: 100%. And some of them were big, Mm -hmm. and you sit down 15 years later and your stomach turns and you cringe and it becomes part of you. It's nearly like a persona, like an alter ego. How can I become this man or woman that I would like to see myself becoming when I'm a cunt and a scumbag and a lowlife? The answer is you think I can't. But that's not true. If you had a six pack or a nice body and you were really, really fit and it was 20 years later and you put on six stone of weight, you wouldn't look back and say, you'd look back and say, I was really, really good then. Maybe I can get back to doing that. Maybe I, I can put in that effort again. You can always forgiving yourself is one of the best things you can ever do. And some people might say that's a cop-out. And at times, if you if you forgive yourself too often, yes, it can be a cop-out, of course it can. Forgive yourself. Seven, I fucked up multiple times. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, I think of something I said to someone or a situation I was in, and say, Oh my God, like I need two years to explain to you how wrong I was that time oh yeah, I thought I was right. How can I be content in myself and happy? Look, I probably deserve to get depression. I deserve to be chronically depressed. Uh, Why did I do that? Why did I say all them things? And then I think, well, I'm not going to get better if I don't forgive myself. It's not going to happen. And then when you forgive yourself, what can you do? Well, maybe you can do something good. Turn it around. And then you might fuck up again. I think, oh, well, that's it then. It's finished. I, I fucked up. I got the strength to forgive myself. I tried to do good, or at least I wasn't. At least I wasn't doing bad, we'll say.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: now I'm not fucking up again, so it's all over. It's not over. It's going back to the thing we spoke about earlier in. you live trials and tribulations and mental problems and everything all the way through your life, from now until the day you die. Mm-hmm. Accept it. It's how you deal with them that works. People always say that. they on these courses. How do you deal with it? Like, how do you deal with it? Like, My advice on how to deal with it is do whatever makes you happy. So if making you happy is beating yourself up for half a day and then trying to get over it, if that works for you, that's what you do. Oh no, that's the wrong thing to do. Well, it's not for you if that works for you. Whatever works for you is a thing to do. So if beating yourself up means when I'm going to be doing drugs, for example, and drinking and being mischievous and it gets you to the place that you want to be and you can get over it and forgive yourself well then look maybe it's not the best way but it's a way but if you're still doing those things after six months well then you're not forgiving yourself you're not trying to get better you're circling the drain and you're going nowhere fast then you have a problem but to forgive yourself is a huge thing you know and everyone yeah. knows of a little thing you think about that you said or you did or you're involved in at some time at the past probably several things and you go, oh my God, I'm the scum of the earth. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I should have stepped in. I should have said something. All of those things or any individual, one of them. And then forgive yourself that you made a mistake and get better. Learn from it.
2: And do you feel like that people in general, like do they use maladaptive coping strategies because maybe they're they're scared of becoming vulnerable because to to forgive oneself you do have to kind of get to a state of vulnerability to say well look what I did mess up or yes I did say that and that's that's kind of maybe a scary place to 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 be like so do you think people are are I suppose what I'm trying to say do you think people are nervous or are fearful of going to that level of forgiving themselves so they choose to kind of maybe do that maladaptive stuff to drown it out
3: they're afraid of it they don't want to go there and most people don't even know it's a place you can go because they are in a bubble
1: Mm.
3: like maladaptive um uh behavior might be something like i'm coming home from work and i'm spending three hours on instagram or tiktok Mm. and that's my life and then i go to bed and then i get up and go to work in the morning and i'll be pissed off and there i won't be happy i won't say a good word to anyone or hear a good word and I'm just so miserable and when I'm finished I'm going to go drinking and then the next day I might get up and do some drugs and I'll do loads of bets do a bit of gambling see can I go out and see can I have sex with someone or go to a house party or and then we do on Sunday then i sit down with my stomach turning of all the bad things that I said and all the things I shouldn't have done and Monday then I go back into work and there's no way to live your life at all whatsoever it's absolutely no it's it's just and there's so many people doing that at the moment you know Um, but there's even the you know like we were saying at the start there's the, the people like I could have died from mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I could have killed myself
0: yeah.
3: and it was a loud moment in my life. Mm. Some people are dying silently mm. and they don't even know it. They've given up years ago and they don't even know it. I know them and I've seen it. I, I, I can see it. Mm. Some people you can't have a conversation with
1: because
3: mm. they won't listen. Everything's a confrontation. Mm. Um, and it comes to the point you think it's the old saying, and I, I'm using man for a book. When a man is down, You pick them up
1: Mm.
3: and you do. The woman's down. You pick her up, but not at the expense of you being dragged down with them. That's 100% completely unacceptable at all times.
0: Very true. Very, very true. That
3: can't happen. That's out. So I will help you as much as I can until I understand that you're not listening to me. So how do you not, sorry, how do you not listen to me? Well, if I'm going, we spoke about it earlier, if we're going around talking and we're saying we're talking to each other and we get on really, really well and you think I I say profound things and I'm clever and I'm witty and I make mistakes and stupid sometimes and funny and that's okay. Then if I say something to you, if I'm a cunt, I might try a different strategy. But if I'm always the bad guy when we're discussing you or anything that means you have to move for a second or put yourself out there or maybe make a mistake or anything whatsoever, if I'm the bad guy now, I stop trying. Because it doesn't help me. It brings me down with you. And then I think, but well, like, I really want to help this person. And then I go back to the original thing I said. I forgive myself. I can't help you. You're on your own. I try to pick you up. It's like if you're drowning, I jump in and I try to save you. I'll do everything I can. If you're dragging me down, I'm kicking you away. Have at it about it i'm not going down with you
2: you know so i'm getting a sense from speaking to you um today that you're quite a strong individual um it resonates with me a good bit because you're strong willed and you, you know yourself and you know where you're going you know where you've been and all of of that but i i'm a little i'm just a little bit curious like if one was to strip away all your labels, whether you're, um, you're a podcaster or that mental health, all of that strip, all of that away. And I'm curious as to who, who Mark really is and what is Mark actually afraid of because you come across as so strong and nothing bothers you and all of that, but again, we're humans, something is bound to bother us at some stage. So take us a little bit deeper into that side of you.
3: Well, first of all, I do know where I've been, but I don't know where I'm going um, at all whatsoever. I'm on this, uh, roller coaster with everybody else. I don't know what's around the corner. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I, 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 don't really know what I'm afraid of to be honest with you. Like other than heights and spiders and I have a bit of a phobia of children choking. Um, yeah, so it's uh, but like, I mean, in general, I, I don't really know. Like, I don't think, it's it's kind of hard for me to answer that question because uh, I've, I've already, I already think that there's a possibility that I've already made the biggest flex that I'll ever make in my life, which yeah. is to not kill myself and recover from depression. So when I look at myself in the mirror or when I'm spending time on my own, although that doesn't come into my mind, there's a contentment that I've achieved that. Like, I think that's bigger than what Elon Musk is doing. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the biggest thing I I think you can do is to get yourself from that point out. Um, I suppose I could be afraid that I go back there,
1: Mm.
3: but I don't think that I would because I'm working on myself all the time, you know? I always want to be like, I'm. I, I, I is afraid or disappointed? I don't know. I'd be disappointed when people don't, when, when people who I care about are in a bubble and they don't um, become what maybe they might be able to become because they just don't put themselves out there or try. That's very, that uh, probably kind of breaks my heart or it's disheartening, mm-hmm. but I know that I can't control that. I can try to help, but I can't, but, with the labels thing. I don't think like uh, oh I'm 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 a podcaster or I you know that's not like a, a a label that I say and say with pride you know, um I'm I'm glad that I am. But also like we'll say I'm single and I don't have a family and all that kind of stuff, so that's something that I wish that I had. But that doesn't bring me down too much, and the success of the Clockwork Junkie podcast doesn't bring me up too much. It's it's nearly impossible to explain you know. Um, I don't really know. I I don't really have like what am I afraid of? I actually don't know, and it, that's not to say that I'm that I'm not afraid of anything. It's to say that nothing I'm afraid of keeps me thinking at night. When I was younger, it was the death of my parents.
2: Yeah, I would. That would be one. If you were to ask me, that would definitely be one. Yeah, that
3: was when I was younger. <laughs> but my mom has passed away um and i i got she passed away just as i suppose i was getting better from depression i was just nearly getting there and i remember saying to her like like i'm going to get better like you know and she believed me like because she actually a couple of different times when when i had depression when i lived on my own maybe once or twice a week she'd ring me for a period of time well how are you now but i knew she didn't understand what i was going to be talking about but it was just nice to get that phone call you know so one of the regrets i have is that she never seen me better you know but then again people who are alive now have seen me better but that makes no difference to anyone there's no inspiration to anyone that knows me there's no nothing because nobody really knows the depths that i was in because they weren't there in the first place so it's like you climbing mount everest and then coming back The people who are standing beside a hill and they're about to climb it and they're giving advice and they're not listening to you. It's bananas. So all you can do is just hold your hands up and walk away, you know? That didn't answer your question. I don't know what I'm afraid of. It's genuine. Like what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? Cancer?
2: What is there like, I suppose, not even big things like is it their day-to-day like I suppose obviously the death of my parents is a is a huge fear of mine but um I suppose one of my smaller fears would be and it's a totally rational one would be like looking weak in the eyes of others well it's completely all in my it would it's all in my head it's not it's not genuinely something that's like there's no tiger outside the front door that's going to come in and eat me up. But
3: you might genuinely be weak in the eyes of some others. Like,
2: yeah, so that's just, it's just, that's just an example of something. That 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 falls
3: into the, I don't give a shit what people think category. Yeah. Like if I'm talking to Siobhan and you think I'm weak in your eyes, I don't care.
2: And do you think with the work you've done, you, that's, you've come to this place because of the work you've done, I suppose.
3: Only because of it, yeah. So when I was, When I was trying to get better from depression, I wasn't coming from a place of strength. I was the most vulnerable I've ever been in my life. So I was sitting down, and it had gotten it had gotten the worst it had ever gotten. I had tried to get help. I've told everyone that I know countless times that I was I had depression and I was really bad. And I spoke to a psychologist. I was listening online. I was on tablets. I done. There was not really else I could have done. And it was the night that I described on this podcast loads of times where I decided that, look, I could really kill myself now. And not like, I didn't just decide it and that's it. Like, I could have done it in that moment in a heartbeat, no problem. I decided that I wasn't going to do it. I don't know why to this day. But then the next day, the journey began to get better. And it was like, if I can get 0.00001% better every day, I, I'll do it. I'm going to soldier it out and see it. How would you do that? Well, you sit there with your knuckles white, with like the helmet on, the visor going down, with this demon of the mental health absolutely killing me, mm. and sitting there saying, "Okay, it's going to be like this forever. I'm not going to kill myself. Let's have at it. Let's see what happens." But and battles to... with it every day that I lost, and I was vulnerable, and I was afraid, and I was scared. I was lonely. Mm. I was in
2: big trouble, like. But allowing yourself to get to that state of vulnerability, uh, I can only imagine from my perspective. I'm not speaking for you now. Is is scary? Is it is is, is, is it, it is an uncomfortable, an uncomfortable place. But obviously, one that you are strong enough to push through. But the state of vulnerability was that scary for you?
3: Well, it was, and I. It, it's. I suppose it's. It's easier to probably to say now that I was strong enough to get by it and, and to push through. But like, I, I wasn't strong enough at the time. I was the weakest I ever was. Mm-hmm. I had no strength, zero strength. But to get to this place and to put the time in and do a deep dive, it's it's like you've lived in your house for all of your life. And one day, you notice a little crack in the wall and you think, what's that? And you open the crack and you find out it's a door and you stand into the door and there's another full planet there. Mm-hmm. And it's planet Mark or planet Siobhan or planet whoever's listening. So what's down there? This is all me. This is so overwhelming. It's unbelievable, but it's all me. What will I do when well, I go down there first and I'll stand on this little island and see what's down there. And there's regret. There's loneliness. There's hate. There's isolation. There's uh, all of the things that good and bad that happened in your life. And okay, well, let's walk across the bridge to the next island. See what's there, and eventually you've mapped out the whole world that's there—that's planet Mark—and you know the ins and outs of all of it. And then you come back up through the crack and you walk back into your own house, and someone says to you, "I don't agree with you." <laughs> okay, I don't care. And I do
2: just you think, think too much? Do you think it's a, a the gift of curiosity with all states that you feel, whether it's happiness whether it's sadness whether it's the state of vulnerability do you think that curiosity kind of helps and supports you to move past each state
3: I don't know to be honest it's um you seem to be
2: very you kind know, of. you seem to be very open to to exploring whatever state you seem to be in like which is a beautiful beautiful space to be in but is it the sense of curiosity do you see Will i push past this stage or you don't seem to be you don't seem to kind of um with the work that i do not to allow yourself to get stuck in the state of fearfulness or the stuck state of the sadness you seem to be able to like acknowledge it like you don't dismiss it which is a huge thing you seem to acknowledge it but you seem to be like well this is what i feel at the moment like okay, you seem to work from your logic mind then, and be like, well, what can I do now to, like you mentioned earlier, to get that that um that one percent better or one move yourself that one percent on.
3: I know when I was younger, um you know you know like figures like soldiers or like uh like men, I used to call them like a, a, a Rambo figure or a Thundercats figure. And going back now, anyone that's young enough won't get any of this, but um. Those type of things. uh, I used to play like games or scenarios where I'd say, well, look, I'll have a a war between two nations and I'd always have an imagination. Or if I got like cars, matchbox cars, uh, dinkies, we used to call them. I could set up a tour de France and have races and have partnerships in the race and have different colors and different teams and people winning for certain. So I was always had a great imagination. Mm. And I suppose that leads into curiosity. um. I remember one time in particular when I was trying to get better from de- depression, I was nearly, and this is all metaphorical, this isn't true. But it was like, I said, okay, look, I'm, I'm in, one of the times I was in my worst state ever, and I closed my eyes, and the depression was all over me. It was inside, out, like Neo in The Matrix, when he jumps into that guy, It was just everywhere, all over me. There was no coming back, I'd already decided I was going to live and come back. So it was like the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. I was going nowhere, and depression was getting stronger every day. And it was like, metaphorically, if I can describe, I was in a desert, and it was nighttime. And there were stars up there, and there was cactus everywhere, and little bits of stone, and little bits of all these things, and it was dark, and it was scary. And this is, again, metaphoric. I might think like, oh, well, this is scary. I can't deal with this. I'm out. I would always take the first step and say well what's if I take this step what happens well the sand feels the same I see a hill up there if I wonder if I go to the top of that hill what's there and nothing good but there's nothing good here anyways so I'm surrounded by bad and evil if you want to do the good and evil thing at all times and have been for years so let's just go up to the top of the hill and when I get there it's the same again and I think okay is there another hill? and just keep going and going and going. And metaphorically, over time, I was in that desert, but it was dusk. It wasn't dark. And then it was bright. And then the cactus weren't, there were proper cactus. There was flowers and some grass that growing. And I just kept going there. And the depression was just like, I could nearly, you know, in my mind's eye, hear it screaming like a demon being exorcised, you know? Absolutely given all its power to, to take me out. like, And I just kept going and kept going. All of the time I was vulnerable. All of the time I was lonely. All of the time I was afraid. All of the time I, I didn't know if my next step was my last. All of the time I was absolutely terrified and wanted a big gang behind me or beside me to walk with me at all times. And I didn't have any of that. So it, really I had no choice. And then I had mapped that desert, and it wasn't scary anymore. Like I, I remember sitting down a year or two before I was better, better, where I'd feel the depression coming and I'd say, no, no, no. I, I'd stand my ground and I'd say, well, look, I can feel you coming in. I can feel you you're trying to, trying to, uh, t- it's just, you know, it's like, um, when you think it's gone, it creeps up on your shoulder. And tries to, you know, nearly smoke its way back into your ear and get back into your body. You just have to be strong at all times. And the way you do that is when you have bad thoughts, forgive yourself. When you have, when you think about things that, you know, aren't going well in your life or things that you wish were different, for example, you can't control them. You mentioned that earlier as well. You can't control them things. So what can you control? Well, I can control how I feel now. And this depression is trying to take me over. So I'm not going to let it. So that's literally all I can control here. Saturday evening when everyone else is out fucking each other and making friends and getting wives and husbands. I'm sitting here on my own. And this is what I have to deal with. And it's the acceptance of that's my life now. But I was very aware back then that um there was no way I was going to be happy at all times. Even if I got over this, which I didn't think I would do, by the way. There was no way I was going to be fine. So I, I did always have a curiosity, even as a child. I could have two sheets of paper and all of a sudden it's two spaceships fighting each other. Then I start drawing aliens on either side and different teams and different this and different that and different planets and interdimensional. I could be seven. So I always had an imagination and a curiosity about life and the curiosity leads me to, if I hear somebody talking about mental health or the mind or the neuroscience, and and I, I believe them if they're professionals, but I also know that there's more that we don't know. So it doesn't make it so. It's like, what's the best diet out there? Is it a plant-based diet? Is it a carnivore diet? Is it the standard American diet? Is it fasting? Is it intermittent fasting? Should we be eating animals? Should we not be eating animals? What did we do in the past? How did we get here? Why are we here? What's my point here? Nobody knows. Is there a God? Probably not. Can you prove it? No. Nobody knows anything at all whatsoever. Nobody knows. All the governments that's running all the countries have no fucking clue. There's people homeless, starving, people in trolleys, waiting. This is like our our leaders. All you have is yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So it's scarier not to look after yourself.
2: So throughout 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 all of our lives, but we hear the spotlights on you on you, Mark, today. So throughout your life, like you mentioned, there's trials and tribulations. And I mentioned earlier, like, you're proud of of the the journey of the podcast, which you you mentioned you are, but um, are you proud of the journey that you've taken in your own life personally, and throughout listening to you today, and you've articulated yourself so beautifully, um, like you've gone from such a um, trying um, place, challenging place, to. Um, a place where you're still working on yourself, but you see things in a much more there's much more clarity and see things much more logic. So you kind of are you proud of the journey, the whole journey you've taken in life, the ups and the downs?
3: Yeah, that's uh, I am. I'm I'm 46. I'm still here. Um, I know that at the I suppose there's two things to say about that. First of all, at the core of it, I'm a good person,
0: hmm.
3: and I'm proud of that. I'm kind, I know it's easy, self-praise, is no praise, but these are things that I am. I'm, I'm very, very kind. I'm thoughtful of others, and uh, until the point, again, where they're not listening. Yeah. Then I have to be that kind and thoughtful to myself. I That's the way I, I operate. I, I always try to put my best foot forward. I always try to do, I, I never try to do people wrong. Yeah. I, I don't talk behind people's back. I'm not into yeah. gossip. I'm, I'm very happy. Like, I, I'd like my life to be different as in like, you know, like, you know, say a or job wise, I'd like to have a more, a, a job that I, I loved in my heart. And these are things that I'm still working on, as mm. you said, but just in general, I understand the question you're asking wasn't specific or sp- specific to that, but I'm, I'm very proud of the person that I am now. And for all of those things that my heart wants and desires, I, I wouldn't swap them to take 10% of my personality away. Mm that would be suicide i i wouldn't change myself uh, up to this point for anything although i haven't said that and the knowledge i i know that i'll improve every day so i'm very proud of that but the biggest thing i'm proud of in my life is getting over the depression the way i did on my own like i anytime i feel doubt or anytime i think like you didn't do this this diet didn't work this time you failed on this you've done this you've done this i always think okay but I have I have done what I've done. And if you and the audience gave me three days solid and no one went for a cup of tea and no one went to the toilet and they listened to me and I spoke for three days solid from this point on about how proud I am and what I went through to get there, I wouldn't have even scratched the surface of that famous old word I don't like, the journey I went on, you know. So I'm so proud of that. That that's the biggest <clears throat> thing I've ever done in my life. I've done other stuff. Um, I'm I'm very proud and separate to that. come back to the first thing that I help people and don't ask for anything in return, or don't mention it to anybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm proud that I'm that person that doesn't seek adulation of somebody else because I help somebody else, mm-hmm. and 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 mean it,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know. And it's not that it makes me feel good.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
3: it's the right thing to do you know and so there there are two things i'm proud of getting over the depression the way i did and the person that i am um and what i you you asked earlier what i was afraid of
1: Mm.
3: i genuinely don't know i suppose i have to be proud of that that's i i I never i haven't asked myself that question and i hadn't a time for the last couple of years i've been getting over depression Mm. you know um but I'm looking forward to what's going to happen with me, you know, like, I think I'm a good person. Mm. I'm fairly, fairly sure of that. And I don't believe in heaven, but if I did, and I went to the pearly gates now, I think gods, their God, whatever it is, the entity, the creator of all things would say, here's the bad things you've done and the mistakes that you made. And boy have you done jail for them in your mind. Yes. Here's what you've done good.
1: Mm.
3: All of these things.
2: Mm.
3: Come on in. Yeah. That's what I think.
2: And that's a really beautiful beautiful way of putting it. Um, so we've we've been talking for some time now and I've I've found the in the conversation extremely interesting. I've gotten to know you on such a uh, 11 I never thought I'd get to know you so thank you so much for being so open and honest and authentic with um, me today and thank you for helping me to um to hold the space and I hope I've um I hope I've somewhat done in you done you proud and thank you for the opportunity but I guess just maybe to to close out today um to give you a little bit of space for a couple of minutes and your listeners are listening into to you now and Maybe you have, one of your listeners is where you were back then. um. Maybe they're, maybe they're going through what you've been through. What, what would you say to them?
3: Um, I'd probably say that the thing that I got into the most trouble for, which is, it's not real. And when I say it's not real, I don't mean mental health is not real. Mm. I mean, the things that, give us the mental health, aren't real. Now People have argued, well, it's a chemical thing that you might be born with. It could be chemicals in the brain. It could be, an <clears throat> look, that could be right. Come back to me in 50 years. That'll all be changed, I'm sure, as everyone knows with the advancement in neuroscience and everything else. But there's nothing more powerful than your mind. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you can't be shot or you can't get knocked down. Or you go, of course you can mm-hmm. But getting shot doesn't get you depressed or getting knocked down and dying doesn't get you depressed. You're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So while you're alive and on this planet, for whatever short time you have, if you get a hundred years, you're doing well, the mind is the most powerful thing. It's uh, it, it's it's pointless trying to fix little, put out small fires, fix little problems because you're like a plumber trying to fix a link or trying to fix a leak into the Titanic. There's a bigger picture. Don't be afraid to zoom out and look at yourself as somebody else,
1: mm.
3: and think, "Um, what do I want? Mm. You know." And you might think, "Well, I don't know what I want," and that's fine. I, I've I've done that. I I do that, but ask yourself as a second question: is what do I not want? Mm. I guarantee you'll come up with some answers then.
0: Definitely. <laughs> and just
3: maybe start, start working on them. Like I can't write a book and tell you this is how you work with them because it's individual. And if I did write a book to tell you this is how you work on it, I'm doing it for profit and notoriety because it won't work. What works for me won't work for someone else. Um, you know, it, it's okay to have friends and people close and people you love and people you trust and people you confide in. None too much. Because at the end of the day, you're in your own mind. It's your own body. It's your own vessel. Picture yourself as a driver of a Formula One racing car. People can drive with you. They can drive in front of you and give you a slipstream. They can slow someone else up so you can pass them out. They can All of that is true and true to life.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But you're the one driving. You need to press the accelerator sometimes. You need to press the brake. You need to change the gears. No one else can do that. It's a one man, one woman, one personal vehicle you're in. Mm-hmm. So It's all down to you. And... Everything you want to achieve will take time. And you will always want to achieve stuff. So when you have your biggest dream, I want to get number one single in the charts. The second you have it, you'll have something else. I want to be a millionaire. The second you have it, you'll have something else. I didn't want to break up with Tommy, because now I'm on my own. Four years later, you're married to somebody else and you've two children and you're you're pushing the children on the swing and you're happy, or whatever the fuck it is you want. Nothing lasts forever.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, if you feel okay and everything is perfect, it won't ask forever. Situations won't last forever. Best friends won't ask forever. Maybe they will, but in the majority of the time, they don't. You ask any person in their 40s now, who did they pat around with between 16 and 26? And of those people, who do you talk to now? Mm-hmm. Nobody is the answer. And if you do, you're very lucky. Very Unless... You're the people that's in that WhatsApp group that's talking about social media and talking about celebrities.
1: Mm.
3: I just say have at it to them people. It's okay to stand back. It's okay for people not to like you. It doesn't matter. That's what I would say. Um, I also, say thank you for listening for the three years. It's a, uh, I really can't believe it. You know, when I, when I think about it, like I actually can't believe it. You know, like I I, I go through being proud and not being proud. So now I got a little bit of pride there when I just thought about it because it's crazy, you know. Really, that three years later, people and it's getting more popular all of the time.
0: Fantastic.
3: Um, will this go on forever? I do not know. I really, really do not know. I I feel, <clears throat> I genuinely feel, that I've said over the three years everything I want to say, or indeed everything I'm willing to say. Mm-hmm but I think I've said everything I want to say over the three years mm-hmm. and what I don't want to do is be that professional boxer who fights four fights too many.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So I just keep that in mind to everyone that listens. If you like it, nothing lasts forever. Um, I'll get back to you on that on a different podcast and thanks for listening for the three years. I appreciate it. Thanks for the comments. Thanks for the messages. Thanks for the, thanks for everything. It's, it's really, really cool. Thanks for the stories of how the podcast or the guests have helped you. Um, you are a perfect example, Siobhan, people who thought you mm-hmm. were extremely inspiring as I knew they would, as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many people would have heard that conversation if I didn't do this podcast? Well, yeah, the, the answer is loads because you're active, but who would have heard our conversation?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Nobody, cause it wouldn't have existed.
2: Quite unique, I think, our, our conversation.
3: <clears throat> so. That's really all I want to say. I just thank you to everyone. And also thank you, Siobhan, for coming on. It's um I suppose a bit of background if Siobhan doesn't mind about how this happened. She was a guest on the podcast. Everybody I'll assume knows that by now. Um mm-hmm. and I sent out uh what would you like me to do for my three year anniversary? And a lot of people got back to me and said, Congratulations. And then a podcast or two later I gave out and said, I didn't fucking ask you to congratulate and I asked you what did you want me to do for the So people got back to me then and said, um, there was a couple of ideas actually. It's not to say that I won't do some of them in the future, but one of them was to have someone interview me and you immediately sprung to mind, not because only we had recently just done a podcast, but you were impressive enough. You were starting your own podcast. To me, you seemed unsure about your own podcast, but I thought that you'd be really, really good at it and you'd only get better as time goes on. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so I thought what, why can't you do it and let people hear you and now your link is in this description let people click on it and become part of your podcast and maybe your podcast can go bigger than mine One ever did
0: <laughs> I don't know about that name <laughs> Eric the, the
3: rising tide raises all boats so it's okay to help somebody we're not in competition but I said thanks for coming on I, I asked her and we're here today doing it and I didn't know the questions I didn't know what you were going to ask I can't even remember what I said But my, 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 my brother gave me a compliment without realizing it recently. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: He said, what are you doing for the three year anniversary? I said, Siobhan's coming back on and she's going to ask me questions. And he said, that that's actually a great idea. (laughs) And he said, what's she going to ask you? And I said, well, I told her not to tell me. And he says, yeah, because in 10 years time, you'll still back up everything you're going to say today. Wow. I, I said, yeah. So that's it's just
2: um, say though. That's a lovely thing to
3: I thought so, yeah.
2: Use the quality, but in somebody that they can that somebody can say to you that will, whatever comes out of your mouth in ten years' time you will still be that's yeah. a lovely thing to well, say. Well,
3: obviously other than the things that I've learned that might change my mind, but in in general. But well done uh on doing this interview. I know it wasn't easy and you were nervous at the start and uh I, I I think you did really, really well. And you added your own bits of bugs yeah. into it as well. Um I'll just do a little plug before I finish. Um because of the three year anniversary, I should have been saying go to the PayPal, yada yada, yada. I'm not gonna say that. Instead, today go down and follow Siobhan's podcast and have a listen. I think um there's two out at the moment. Um there might be three by the time this comes out, but there's two there at the moment and they're short, fifteen minutes or so. Um she's gonna bring on guests, you see what their questions she asks, and uh puts pressure on her on her guests asking hard questions um (laughs) so i suppose give her a follow and give her a listen and i'll say thanks to everyone and cheers yvonne all the best
0: thank you